In the long history of human civilization, politics and religion are often inseparable. Mahatma Gandhi once said, those who believe religion and politics aren't connected don't understand either. Wise politicians often use religion to gain support or even acquire legitimacy. The truth was clearly understood and effectively implemented by the most powerful woman in China's Tang Dynasty. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. Previously, we mentioned that it was in the Tang Dynasty that the first empress in Chinese history appeared. She was actually the only female emperor in Chinese history. Her name was Wu Tseqian, and she was deeply connected with Dunhuang. It was hard enough to be an emperor in ancient China, let alone a female one. Wu Tseqian's story was controversial and legendary. Keeping the story short, when she was 14, Wu was selected as concubine for Emperor Tai Tsung, the second emperor of the Tang dynasty. She was ordinary among the emperor's concubines and never caught the emperor's attention. Even after she lived in the royal palace for a decade, her status was still very low. It's said that when the emperor was seriously ill, Wu Tseqian was sent to take care of him. During that time, she met the old emperor's son, and the two fell secretly in love with each other. After the old emperor passed away, his son inherited the throne and became Cao Tsung, but Wu and the old emperor's other concubines were all sent to a monastery to become nuns. Wu languished in the monastery for two years, which could have been the darkest time in her life, but she was unwilling to succumb to fate. Later, she had a stroke of luck and met the new emperor, her former lover, again in the monastery. The emperor brought her back to the palace to be his own favorite concubine. Wu eliminated her female rivals within the palace and gained the position of queen for herself. As her husband's health deteriorated, she gradually took power and governed the entire empire with great efficiency. In the year 690, seven years after the death of her second husband, Wu dethroned her son who had inherited, and finally she became the first female emperor of China when she was already in her 60s. Having stayed at a monastery for two years, Wu established Buddhism as the state religion, giving it prominence over Taoism and Confucianism. She also declared herself as the Maitreya Buddha, the future Buddha, coming down to earth. Wu built lots of Buddhist temples around the country. No wonder she would end up building Cave 96, the landmark building in the Dunhuang Mugao complex, whose more popular name is the nine-story tower. Cave 96 is right in the middle of the cliff facing the main entrance of the Dunhuang Mugao Conservation Park. It is the tallest building at Mugao and no one can miss it. 
the construction and completion of this cave is a great pioneering work in the history of the Mogao Grottoes, and it is also a symbol of national prosperity, social stability, and economic prosperity in the early Tang Dynasty. This cave was built for the protection of the colossal Buddha inside. It is almost as tall as the cliff. The ninth story is octagonal and has a three-meter vase at the top. This magnificent building seems to be protecting the whole area. Inside the cave is a Buddha statue with a height of 35.5 meters. It's made of clay stucco over a sandstone frame. This Buddha is the largest in Dunhuang and also the largest indoor clay sculpture of Buddha in China. It is also known as the Northern Giant Buddha, and we've already introduced it in a previous episode. Because it was to house such a big statue, Cave 96 itself was dug starting from the top of the cliff, and the frame of the huge statue was carved from the rock at the same time as part of that process. The statue portrays the future Buddha Maitreya. He is sitting with legs pendant, feet flat on the floor. Knees slightly apart. His right hand shows the gesture of fearless, and his left hand is in the charity gesture, which means that he can dispel vexations and bring happiness to all sentient beings. When Cave 96 was first built in the late seventh century, it had four stories, then increased to five in the ninth century, restored E 966. And rebuilt yet again to seven stories in 1898. It was then finally extended to nine stories as recently as 1935. Heavy earthquakes in the 10th century destroyed all the original murals and wooden structures, but the Buddha's image remained intact. Here is a fun fact: as we said, the cave was built from the top. But when the craftsmen realized that more space was going to be needed to stretch the sitting Buddha's legs, they had to dig deeper. For this reason, the floor inside the cave is below ground level. In 1999, archaeological excavations discovered many different levels of floor, resulting from restorations over a number of dynasties. The original ground floor was, in fact, 1.5 meters lower than the present level. The tiles from each level are different, and they are now on display inside the cave. The giant Buddha itself has also been restored many times. Some of the original features have been lost, but it is still grandiose. The Buddha's round face, the three lines on his neck, the wavy hair are all characteristics of early Tang sculptures. The Buddha's tube-top dress was also popular in the Tang Dynasty. Most amazingly, this huge Maitreya statue has a female appearance, which is luxurious and graceful. The Buddha's facial expression is solemn, but you can feel a mysterious smile hidden behind it. Since it was built during the reign of Wu Zetian, many believe the statue resembles the great empress herself. When visitors enter the cave and look up from the foot of the Buddha, they instantly feel the lofty and solemn religious atmosphere and the supremacy of the Buddha. 
There is another anecdote about the Empress and the construction of this giant Buddha. Since Wu Zetian was a loyal Buddhist, she constructed lots of Buddhist temples and statues around China. The cost was quite huge. To raise funds for the building of the giant Buddha, Wu not only contributed her own savings, but also asked all the monks and Buddhist followers in the country to donate money. An upstanding official thought such mass donations would only damage people's lives, so he wrote a letter directly to the empress. This brave official was called Di Renjie. He was one of the most celebrated officials of Wu Zetian's reign due to his straightforwardness and political wisdom. He was also portrayed as a famous detective in many Chinese novels and films. In his letter to Empress Wu, he said, "Shakyamuni founded Buddhism based on compassion and saving all beings from hardships. How could he bear people suffering from heavy labor and their wealth being exhausted? Also, our country has experienced uneven droughts and floods recently. Let alone the borders are still being harassed by barbarians. If all the money were consumed in building Buddha statues." Would be used to save the country in case of emergency. It is said that Empress Wu read the letter. She gradually changed her mind and gave up on her nationwide fundraising decision. The belief in Maitreya in China reached its apex between the fourth and fifth centuries after Buddhist texts introducing him and his paradise were translated into Chinese. According to the texts, Shakyamuni Buddha, the founder of Buddhism, predicted that his disciple Maitreya would become the next Buddha in the distant future. Since then, many huge Maitreya statues were built, because his followers believed that they would gain great merit by doing so. Empress Wu Zetian definitely helped to promote the trend. Every year, on the eighth day of the fourth month of the Chinese lunar calendar, locals around the Dunhuang area come to Cave 96 to pay homage to the future Buddha and to do a circumambulation. Males walk in a clockwise direction around the Buddha, while females walk counterclockwise. The custom has been preserved to this day. Empress Wu Zetian died in A.D. 705. In the same year, the Li family restored their royal power and reinstated the Tang Dynasty name. The Tang Dynasty settled down after the ups and downs of its early stage, and went on to reach its zenith. Before we enter the Golden Period, we have to visit another cave constructed in the early Tang in our next episode. There we will meet the most beautiful bodhisattva in Dunhuang, the world's largest Buddhist art gallery. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy in Sangliang, Zhongdu, for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you next time on Why We Love Dunhuang.